Welcome to Aussie Ambitions Podcast, where we meet with everyday Aussies that are pushing ahead with their goals and ambitions in life. Join your host, Scott Robert Springer, to explore the future of entrepreneurship, work-life balance, and reaching beyond your comfort zone. So stay tuned for some tips on living life the Aussie way. All right. Welcome to the Aussie Ambitions Podcast. We are here with a guest today. It's actually quite interesting. It's somebody that I've met uh, over the last couple of years. Um, and there's a personal connection there, and I'll tell you a bit about that in a moment, but her name's Ashley. Welcome, Ashley. How are you? Hello. Good. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks for having me. Very good. So this is Ashley Flyer-Gunn, and she is um, a local to the Gold Coast, and I've been here for a few years, and she'll tell us a bit more about that. The personal connection is that um, we have a studio cat that's been here for a few years, and a uh, nice, gorgeous uh, half-breed Himalayan and a ragdoll, and we let it out one night. And uh, it came back pregnant. <laughs> um, and essentially, they, uh, you know, I think two or three months later, whatever the term is, they had she had kittens, and there was no way we we're going to keep them all. So we found somebody to take one. And so thank you, Ashley. That's okay. My pleasure. My yeah. absolute pleasure. <laughs> all right. So we have that sort of pet connection, and uh, as well as a few other things. So really great to have you on. Um, Ashley, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, okay. So I'm Gold Coast, born and raised. Um, I've been here all my life, except for a couple of years, moved up north for a bit, um, had my kids up north and moved back home with my family. And yeah, I've been here ever since. So. Okay. Where's um, just on the map? So a lot of the listeners would be from overseas. Uh, whereabouts, like what's north? To you? So um, Yipoon, like near Rockhamptons, like Capricorn Coast, sort of near Great Barrier Reef. Oh, so that nice. yeah, so are live, you lived there for a few years? Oh yeah, do you like the ocean? Are you like an uh, ocean person? I do. I love the ocean. I do love the ocean, but you have to be careful up north because you can't really swim in the water there because full of stingers. <laughs> so, but yeah, it is beautiful, but um, the Gold Coast is much safer to be swimming in. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, so that's a good little piece of Aussie trivia. So um, stingers, just don't. We'll cover that off. They are small little. What are they? I'm not sure, but yeah, the if you don't wear a stinger suit when you go swimming, like from sort of the Capricorn coast north, like further north, yeah, it's apparently it's quite painful and. Okay, so it's like a full, almost like a wetsuit, something yeah. to cover your full. Yeah, it's really ugly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the trade-off is really not going to wear it. Yes. And not going to go. It's not in the fashionable. Water. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure there, there's there's certainly jellyfish that'll sting you. So that, yeah. that's possible. I don't think they come down this far south. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, just on the topic of things that can hurt you, uh, <laughs> blue, uh, blue bottles I've seen up and down the coast. Is yes. that something you're quite familiar with? Yes. Yes. So the first um, time that I took the kids to the surf beach, they got absolutely nailed by blue bottles. And I never... I've never been stung by blue bottles and I've lived here my whole life and I was standing in the water and all of a sudden my daughter was screaming and I'm like, oh, you'll be right. It's probably just, you know, some sea lice. I'm like, just go put some water on it. And she, yeah, was screaming. And then I turned around and my son was, yeah, I could see the blue bottle marks on his wrist and I had no idea what to do, but luckily there was a surfer and he's like, oh, here, I've got water. And so, yeah, so it was all sorted, but they didn't want to go to the surf beach after that. <laughs> So, yeah, so it's a pretty bad experience. But. Okay, so we're yeah we're sort of promoting the stereotype that there's a lot of dan dangerous <laughs> species here. It's not that bad. <laughs> um, all right, uh, blue bottles are just a. We'll probably have to get a link going with that, but um, it feels like a little mini jellyfish, really tiny. It is, yeah. It's 
tiny, tiny little thing, but their tentacles are really, really long. And it's not that they're stinging you on purpose. It's just, you know, it's their defense, I guess, yeah. mechanism so that they don't get eaten either. Okay. But they're, uh, but it's definitely um, up and down the coast. I think they're all, yeah. all over the place, but not all year long. No. And they're really easy to spot. Yes. Yep. They're bright blue. Yeah. Like the headphones. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's right. So cool. Well, there's a little intro into your familiarity. So you sort of uh, consider yourself a Queenslander. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Um, and have you ever traveled overseas? I haven't. I've never been overseas. That is definitely a huge goal of mine. I've always wanted to travel the world, actually. Okay. Um, just certain things, certain things came up and I couldn't go. And um, But, yeah, I, I have family overseas, so I would love to, to go to Europe and stuff like that. So Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, now that we're here, um, we've got you here, and uh, we've got this theme going as on the topic of ambition and just more about life in Australia, a bit of fun. It's more about what people are working on or maybe have done. Uh, but I like the question of where people are going and like what they're going to try to do next. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we might kind of touch on a few of those things. But um, is there something that you have been working on in your personal life or what are you up to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm actually renovating a house at the moment. So um, it's been obviously... Um, a little bit more difficult during COVID and um, changing jobs and stuff like that. So it's been quite difficult, but um, yeah, it's it's proving to be fun um, when the tradies show up on time. <laughs> um, yeah, so hopefully once I've done my renovations, I can start doing my beauty therapy from home and, and start building up my clientele again and, and stuff like that. But Okay, wow. All right, so... You definitely, um, let's just touch on the house. So it's a new, not a new home, but it's a home that you got recently? It's a house that's been in my family for the last 40 years. So it's it's a very old home, um, local to us. And um, yeah, it, it pretty made, pretty much needs everything done from roof to, to floor. Like it's, it's a, it's, yeah, needs everything done, but I'm, I'm enjoying it. Wow. But oh. it's, a, it's a lot bigger than I initially anticipated um, so I've built a house from scratch before and I found that so much easier than actually renovating an existing house so I'm I'm finding it extremely extremely difficult but that's interesting a, learning amazing. curve <laughs> that's amazing just when I thought we had lots to talk about you just added another I one know. <laughs> Sorry. which is home renos and uh, just <laughs> life life and all those things I mean great so there's lots of things. Maybe if we can just touch on, um, so you can touch on where you come from a bit, who you are. Um, yeah. You mentioned you were a business owner or you still yes. are, but um, how, um, what was that about? What, where did that come from? So um, I actually was a beauty therapist and studied and got into the industry and I actually had a fall at my workplace and um, I had a bit of nerve damage in my back and I thought I'd broken my back at the time. And as soon as the doctors were like, it's nerve damage, I'm like, sweet, okay you know, back into it and like, oh, you know, recovery is usually longer. So I, I was pretty shocked and I, I sort of got myself into a a dark place. Like I was just quite depressed and um, my mum could definitely see that I was sort of getting down on myself and sort of started eating my feelings. I don't drink, I don't smoke, but would sort of just be eating when the kids had gone to bed and, um, once I sort of got on my feet and I was able to, you know, stand for 
you know, longer periods of time, mum and I had always wanted to do something in business together. And she said, look, now you've got the opportunity. You can't do beauty therapy straight away. So why don't we look at going into business together? Um, so we'd always wanted to do something in fashion. So we opened a clothing boutique um, on the Gold Coast and it did really well. So we had had that for about 12 months and then we looked at opening opening another store and we did that as well on the Gold Coast. Um, and yeah, we were doing really well and then six months into the second store, COVID hit and it was just it was just too much to keep them running. So unfortunately we had to, you know, make the hard decision of closing those businesses down. Um, but yeah, like the, it, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun and, you know, I guess with these times, a lot of businesses have been hit really hard and we just have to sort of roll with it and adapt and come up with new ideas, I guess. So, wow. So that's actually the first time we've had somebody speak firsthand about uh, the effects on their business where it was, sometimes it's a bit of like, you're just not sure and you're still waiting it out. Yeah. But there was a clear point where you're like, that's it. We got to yeah. make the call and it's just not going to be uh, sustainable. And that's, um, that's a right. scary thing. It is. I would think. Yeah, it? it was really sad. It was a lot of hard work and we were quite successful up until sort of that point. And then you know, obviously the school's closed and, you know, I couldn't be at the shop and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, we just had to make the hard decision. Like, do we do we keep waiting it out to see how long this is going to be or do we make the decision and go, okay, well, this is not working. We're going to have to try something else or, you know, go down a different avenue, wow. maybe online or something like that. Yeah. Um, um, well, what I like about the, the origins of it is it sounds like there was a bit of a genuine uh, interest or it's like a business of personal interest. Yeah. Uh, like the idea of clothing and fashion and beauty, is that close to Absolute, close to your heart? Absolutely. Inside? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so even more so to be having that switch switched off through no fault of your own is a bit. Um, do you still have the spark? Is it just more like a situational thing and you'll be like, oh, we'll be back. And yeah, I, I definitely think you'll see us again. Um, even now in the in the particular area where we're in, we still have people saying, oh, where have they gone and stuff like that. So it's really nice to see that we've got a genuine following, um, but it's definitely a goal of mine and my, and my mum's. So we've always sort of gone, okay, what's the next step? And we're very sort of, you know, we like to strive to see what we can, what we can do and how we can get there. So. Yeah. I mean, this could be helpful for people listening in that definitely are facing the same thing, obviously different countries, lots of different scenarios yeah. and different levels. In Australia, we're kind of, emerging we're coming out of it um there's this sense of recovery and economy but it's so different for everybody obviously it is, and it it's is. not like you can just um everyone i think is a bit gun shy about stepping back into trying things a hundred percent what and retail what i mean if? what what is retail now so you know it looks different for everybody and you know we were a new business so even businesses that have been around for you know a decade or whatever are struggling so i mean it's hard for everybody, but you've just got to sort of reinvent yourself and sort of keep keep the wheel going. Yeah. One thing I like to think about is the customer side of things. Obviously, there would, would have been people that appreciated the shop being there and especially all of the, you know, the, the personal aspects that you put in. But it's it's there. It's a brand and it's yeah. a store. It's a location. Um, do, the, do the customers 
um, are they still around? Are there ways for they are they do they still follow you? Or I mean, yeah. What's what's the way to keep the relationship with them? Well, it's I mean that's another hard thing. I mean, a lot of people, um, our our target market was um, it was sort of resort wear, so it was um, you know the older generation. So a lot of those people, you know, are trying not to go out. So that's that's another thing. You know, a lot of those people aren't going out unless it's necessary. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So that okay, that is actually a good point. So the product of the whatever it's more geared to an older audience. Yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, our our shop catered for anywhere from eighteen to a hundred, but um, yeah, a lot of our customers were, you know, forty plus. So, you know, a lot of those people aren't going out if they don't need to and and stuff like that. So, and a lot of those people that are sort of in their sixties, seventies plus, don't don't know how to buy stuff online and, you know, so how are they coping? Oh, so, yeah, it almost makes me think, what's what's the opportunity there? Yeah. Um, just to be one step ahead. Yeah. Um, are you the type of person that is, sort of forces yourself to be one step ahead? Like, are you, is the ball always rolling? Or are you it just, is. Or you a bit of catch up? It is always rolling. Um, I like to think that I'm sort of proactive in thinking of new strategies and, and ways of, you know, creating a business, but it's not always viable but yeah definitely always always thinking about stuff yeah nice one. Um, and and just on that the practical side of that it, because it was a location did the landlords give you a hard time were they flexible at all or is it just you just got to walk away and then let it deal with itself well or? yeah because the place where we we were at the the building was eventually going to be knocked down and it has since been knocked down so he wasn't sort of on board with you know reducing the rent while we were closed and stuff like that. So I guess, pardon me, I guess he had his reasons and, um, you know, so that that was another reason why we had to just shut the doors. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to paint that picture for people that are probably, yeah, in the same situation. Like the, it's not an easy situation. You've got the landlords that have obviously got, they're trying to make their, their facility full and get tenants, but then... Yeah, big crazy shift out there with online business and so on. So you got to, I guess, consider where the future is going and all of that. But that's right. Um, in the meantime, perhaps it's a good thing you can take a bit of a mental break from from that. You've got the experience, yeah. and then, but you sounds like you're pretty aware of um, fashion and brands and you know, yeah. customer segments and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I mean, there's always more to learn. I mean, you're continually learning, but um, yeah, I've definitely had experience in that field. So. It's been fun, but I I hope to be back into it eventually. I don't know what that looks like, but awesome. I would definitely like to do it again. Yeah. Well, I guess the idea of having a balance and, you know, there's the work stuff and, and personal interest as well, but then you've got, you got family, you got to wear your family hat. Um, what's the split there? Do you spend a lot of time 50-50 and personal? And... Oh, it's hard. I mean, I try to give my children the most attention that I can, but yeah, obviously working um, full-time and raising children and pets and everything else it's it's it looks chaotic from an outside point of view um, but yeah we're just we're just doing the best we can and you know the kids are happy and that's that's my main goal is to make sure that the kids are happy and they've got what they need and and yeah you know above all I would prefer to make sure that they're happy than you know and make sure that I've got, you know, personal possessions and stuff like that. That that's my main goal is to make sure that they're happy. So wow, 
Um, yeah, good on you. I mean, the age of the kids, I think we have kids the same age, mm. roughly, like yeah. eight between 8 and 10, something like that. Yeah, 8, uh, eight and 9. 6 and Sorry. 8, yeah. 6 and 8. Almost, almost 7. <laughs> All right, so my, my, my daughter's 9. Um, and so, yeah, what's your feeling on, like, raising kids these days? Is it, like, uh, easier than it's ever been, or is it more challenging? <laughs> I just think it gets harder. I mean, I thought it was hard when they were babies. And everyone said, if you can get through the first 12 months, you'll be fine. But I'm finding, um, I find my son is a lot easier than my daughter. I think my daughter's got that sass and, you know, it's, you know, I'll tell my daughter to do something and it'll be like, well, why? I'm like, oh, okay, there's a why. (laughs) But my son, he'll just, yep, no worries, mum, whatever you say, you know. There's, there's no question. It's just, you know, he's a very easy child and my daughter's, yeah, very sassy and questions everything and why is this, why is that? But I'm hoping she uses that for positive in the future, not for negative. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's hope. I wonder where she gets that from. Oh, <laughs> everybody says that. <laughs> no, yeah. Well, I guess. Even my mum said sucked in, sucked in. She's you all over. Right. Um, so your mum, that, that, that's interesting how your mum and yourself were involved in business. That in itself is unique. Yeah. Um, like in your, the raising of the kids, is there a lot of support around? Like grandparents, grandparents, I'm not sure the, yeah, the overall mix. There is, yeah. So my mum and dad are very much um, involved with the kids. I mean, you know, whenever I need them, they're there. So um it's has actually been quite tough over COVID because my dad actually has kidney failure. So he's a, a very high risk candidate for catching anything like that. So if he got it, obviously that would send him into complete renal failure. So um, the kids actually didn't see him for probably the best part of 12 months. So that was really hard. Um, and trying to explain to young children why they couldn't see their grandfather so um because my mum and dad are the their only grandparents that they see um yeah that was really tough so mum would come and see the kids and stuff like that but yeah they they didn't understand so yeah that was that was extremely extremely rough so is that still the case now or is there something that's allowed them to see each um, other just because there's less um cases i guess in australia than you know, overseas, um, it's a little bit safer, but definitely if we, if, you know, there's any flus or anything in the family, we can't, we can't go anywhere near him. So. Mm, okay. So that's just kind of the case ongoing. You wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't well, be, even now they wouldn't be able to visit. Um, yeah, no, not if, not if they're sick yeah. and, um, I don't know how, how it's going to go moving forward with, these immunizations and stuff. I don't know how that works. If, if my dad is, is one of the people that we'll be getting at first, or I, I'm not sure how it works, but we just, we've just got to play it by ear. It's just so uncertain. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good on you. That's, you know, it's just difficult to get life as it was, obviously. And um, I don't think it'll ever be the same. I don't, I think we just have to, this is our new normal. Yeah. Um, But, you know, being, seeing how the kids are growing up, Again, outside looking in, I, f- I can see the kids have got access to a lot of things. They've got the beach. They've got this sort of active living. Do you feel that that's the case? Like, do you see kids out there taking full advantage or are they, are they still plugged into the, the iPad? Yeah, I think I think 
you know, being on the Gold Coast, we've got so much opportunity to get out and enjoy it. Um, and I think the Gold Coast is an amazing place to raise young children. There's so much to do um, on school holidays. There's always activities everywhere, like Surface Paradise. Usually there's, you know, always events going on in different suburbs and stuff. Um, but I'm sort of the kind of parent that tries to minimise the use of devices. I know that that's the way everything's going and they need to know how to do them. I'm not the most tech savvy person either. I mean, I'm an, I'm an Apple girl, but, you know, even um, doing the basics, you know, I, I still have to ask Duke, my eight-year-old, how to do certain things. But, um, yeah, I really try and minimise their time on the iPads. And um, my daughter only recently got um, an iPad for Christmas. So, I mean, I've really tried to minimise that. And I just think the more time they spend on it, playing games you know they could be outside doing something or you know I just I feel like they should be outside enjoying it and unless it's like a rainy day and you want them to have chill time I don't think they should be on the iPads yeah on the devices or yeah. unless it's for school unless they're doing school work but. yeah that's a good point there's sort of that and and um during that the I guess the COVID time and so on there was um like a homeschooling, uh, yep. I don't know if it's mandatory. I think it was sort of optional to pay on who's working, but well, yeah. what did you do during that time? Well, I definitely, so Ella's um, wasn't so much on the iPad, but we did buy Duke an iPad because um, we we did have to do most of it online. Um, but yeah, so that was, that was the only reason we got him an iPad. Um, and then Ella, because she's sort of, she's in grade two now, so she needs that for school more so but yeah just I can see the the mood change immediately if they've been playing it for 20 minutes you can just see it you can see the mood and I actually uh, read a thing on the internet that said um, kids playing on devices is actually like a dopamine effect so it's like having drugs as a child and that just blew me away I was like wow that's that's crazy that's what are we doing to our children? So eventually they're going to be, you know, numb to that. And, you know, we've sort of created this addiction to these iPads. Yeah, yeah it's um, it's a big one, of course. Yeah. And and, and it's you, as a parent, you sort of just you do what you can. But yeah. then maybe there are some positives. And so you got to weigh up the, Absolutely. the educational side. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of cool YouTube stuff out there where they there can is. learn about insects. and. Well, that's the and right? yeah, my son's definitely into that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, it's just – you just have to be so onto it. You just have to make sure that you're monitoring what they're playing and what they're doing. And Whereas, yeah, my son really likes YouTube and he loves planets and finding out about, out about all these different planets and, and stuff like that. But my daughter's sort of more the one that likes playing the games and, you know. That's kind of neat. Yeah. Do you get the sense, um, again, just to make the link between Australia and maybe – other countries, do they have a sense of where they are in the world? Do they have, have questions about, I don't know, different countries or? Uh... I think um, they definitely do have questions about other countries. Like a lot of um, their peers at school are obviously from different origins. Um, and it's funny, my son will say, okay, this boy is, he lives in China. I'm like, oh, no, he doesn't live in China anymore. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he travels from China every day to, to the Gold Coast. I'm like, oh, okay. 
He's like, I've asked him. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Okay. You know, so he thinks that they travel from another country every day to come to school to in Australia. <laughs> so that's quite cute. It is cute. It's cute. And I, I think the school does, and probably any school would be making efforts to um, uh, celebrate the diversity and kind of get it out there. They've got, a, they've done some cool things at the, uh, one of the schools about, um, yeah, just showcasing like there's food, little food stalls. And yeah. I think the UK, you could get some, some biscuits or something. And it's funny how you stereotype a country and their food. With their food. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but let's start there. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed that uh, walk around of the stalls. Yeah, like um, a multicultural day. Yeah, I think it's great too. Yeah, I think it's fascinating, and you know how they learn how to say hello in each language and stuff like that. You know, with all the kids in the class and where they come from and stuff. So yeah, that that might be worth mentioning actually. So um, again, originally I'm from Canada, and there there's like two national languages, so okay. it's English and French, and I think as part of the the education system, they want you to. Have yeah, some knowledge. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to be great at both long term, but yeah, it's, and even it's everywhere. But here, it's obviously English. And in the schools, though, do they have a language? Like, are you guys learning another language? Yeah, I think, I don't know what language they, they don't, haven't start, started learning it yet. I'd say that's probably on the cards for my son this year. Um, but I know in, I went to school here on the Gold Coast and it was Japanese for me. So I think it's, um, I think it relates to like obviously what tourism is doing too. Like, you know, obviously back when I was growing up, there was a lot of Japanese tourists and that was sort of the way to go. Like if you could speak Japanese, you could get a job easily if you knew how to speak Japanese. You know, that was a definitely a bonus. So I think it depends on, you know, I guess not now, but in these times, but I think it depends, you know, like obviously China and Asian countries are sort of, profitable for us to have in Australia so I guess you know learning one of those languages is a positive thing yeah yeah I think that I've seen that too I think um I think whether it's Mandan Mandarin or Cantonese but yeah the from from the Chinese uh I'm also I feel like it is that opportunity so you could yeah either just uh be, yeah as a child you can grow up and either communicate or just explore opportunities maybe yeah absolutely uh, would you would you go to japan can you use absolutely your i actually had japanese um students staying with me years ago and um it was the best thing ever it was it was absolutely amazing so um and they were at the time they were like 17 and one of them actually just got married recently and i actually did like a little video for her and said you know congratulations on your wedding and stuff like that so we've stayed in contact for the last 12 years which is really nice and they've always said if you ever want to come over here you know come and come and visit and we'll show you around and stuff so I would absolutely absolutely love to see Japan that's neat mm. how did that come to be um it was just it was, it was like a um a program where you um let these Japanese students stay in your home and you take them to their English school so they learn English while they're here so it's like an exchange program and um, they come here and you feed them and you teach them about Australia and about our culture and and what sort of things we have and, you know, what we eat and what our day-to-day -day routine is and stuff. So it was for them it was kind of like learning about our culture and stuff like that. But, yeah, Japanese are amazing. That's very cool. Was that in your family home? Like your mum set that up? or um, Yeah, my mum set it up and it was in the house that I built when I was 20, so... Yeah, so mum would come and, because I worked really early, so mum would come and take them to school and and then I would 
have dinner with them and take them out on weekends and stuff. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's neat. Um, uh, that was one of the main factors I was very excited about when coming to Australia and settling in. Obviously, everything here is great, but it's just that that connection with Asia and just having a whole new world like on your doorstep. Yes. Like literally, they're one flight away to and cheap cheap flights. Yeah. You can get to Tokyo yeah. for like three hundred bucks. Yeah. See, everything's closer. I think Australia is so far away from everything else. You know, going overseas seems like such a big effort. Like it's just, you know, I think New Zealand is like the closest. Let's go overseas. We'll go to New Zealand. It's kind of still Australia, but. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, um, there's places you can go. Some are uh, the more common ones. Like are, have you been on a holiday, I guess, in the last five years? I have, yes. I've been to, I've been up north, so still in Queensland. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely holiday a lot um, up north in the Whit Sundays. Um, okay. Because I am a water baby, I do love the ocean. So I'm always looking at um, tropical holidays. So yeah, I've been to, I took the um, kids to Hamilton Island, uh, what was it, two years ago? Very cool. And they loved it. They just absolutely loved it. So. What yeah. is it? Um, is it kind of like a, I'm picturing? Is it a road trip, or do you have to pack your bags, get we, on a plane? We or? flew, yeah, and it's like forty minutes, forty minutes, and we were at, on this beautiful tropical island. So, yeah, it was amazing. All right. I think a lot of people overseas will know Great Barrier Reef and and the Whit Sundays. So. Yeah, I wonder how that's. I mean, obviously tourism's hit pretty hard, and yeah, but everyone's kind of trying to. Um, make the best of it hopefully there was a bit of a local lift like i think they're really encouraging everybody here to say all right you're not going over overseas, overseas. so let's time travel to travel in your state tour around yeah and i think being in queensland we're very lucky yeah <laughs> we have the most beautiful state so <laughs> yeah you gotta you gotta celebrate that um, absolutely so um yeah maybe just on the on the celebration side of things and and personal milestones um You've, uh, I was checking out some of the stuff on Instagram and you're pretty active on there. Yeah. Um, what, uh, what are you working towards now or where um, are you at now? So two years ago I had a weight loss surgery. So after my fall, um, at my, um, job in beauty therapy, I, as I said, I got pretty down on myself and just got myself into a bit of a hole and, and then sort of woke up and I was like, I've stacked on the weight and, um, I just, I just couldn't get out of my own way. So, um, I made the decision to have weight loss surgery and, um, so gastric sleeve surgery. Um, I think it's pretty common around the world and, um, it's the best thing I ever did. Best thing I ever did. It's not easy. It's definitely not easy. It's not the easy way out. A lot of people that I would tell before I had it would say, Oh, why are you doing that? Why don't you just you know, diet or go to the gym. And I was like, I get that. But once you get to a certain point, I think you just need that extra tool to help you. Like I wasn't mobile enough to be getting personal training sessions or anything like that. I just had to sort of curb my eating. And that was the only thing I had. So I found that really hard to sort of let go. It's not like drinking or smoking where you can just stop it and that's it. You still have to eat to live. So, um, yeah, I just found that really, really hard. And, um, once I had the surgery, it was, it was a huge ad adjustment mentally as well. Like, um, I think the mental side of it was harder than anything, but once you sort of got past that, I reckon sort of around the six to eight month mark, 
And and even when people would say, you know, oh, you're looking amazing. What are you doing? I'd be like, really? Do I look amazing? Because you still have that mentality that I'm still fat. So it was it was really weird for me to, for people to keep saying, oh, you look amazing. I'm like, oh, do I? So it was, yeah, it was a really weird concept. But, you know, once I got used to it and I started seeing changes and I started dropping dress sizes, it was it was amazing and I just sort of rolled with it and, um, pardon me, now I'm going to the gym and, and stuff like that and just trying to tone up everything and I've still got a little ways to go, about 10% to go. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving how I'm feeling and it's just, and it's good for the kids to see that too. Like, um, they sort of have seen the change and they know that, that I go to the gym. So, that's sort of encouraging them to be healthy and fit. And, you know, I do workouts at home and Ella will sit with me and, you know, she'll try and copy what I'm doing and stuff like that. So it's positive for them as well to see that I'm, you know, making positive changes within myself. So, but yeah, I, w- I would never, ever want to be back where I was. It's just, yeah, the best thing I ever did. Life-changing. Wow. So that that's a very recent, if you think, two years. Yeah. Um, two years to the day today (laughs) is that right yeah today and is that something that is has been shared along the way like obviously that can be a kind of a private thing yeah and or a personal thing at least uh and then maybe you you don't share it or how, how um how's the support been along the way um I've definitely been open about it in person and I've sort of maybe within like the last 12 months I've been trying to share it on Instagram because when I was sort of researching it, it was only through people I knew and a lot of men had had it done. And I find men try and keep that quite private. Um, I don't know whether it's, you know, they they feel weird about sharing it. Um, but I hadn't seen a lot of women, like, share either. Like, I just wanted to know what, like, when I got to my goal weight, what was I going to look like? Was I going to have all this loose skin and what was that going to look like for me and what could I do if I did have all this loose skin, what could I do to fix that? You know, I wanted to sort of be back where I was before I had kids, you know? Um, so yeah, I guess I just wanted to sort of share on my Instagram how my experience was. Um, and thank God my mum took photos of me all the time cause I just never took photos of myself. Um, so I've got photos that she's taken of me and I just look at it. And I'm like, I can't believe that was me. But um, it's nice to see the comparison, you know, from what I was like to what I am now. So it's just, um, yeah, I find that positive and I hope that anybody who sees that, you know, that's going through the same thing or considering having the surgery, you know, thinks, oh, well, you know, she's done it. I can do it. You know, it's not impossible to do it without the surgery, but it definitely makes a huge difference. So I just, yeah, I just hope that it, you know, reaches the right people and, is a positive thing for them. So. Yeah, well, I, I'm sure everyone appreciates you, you know, at least sharing that, the starting point for it. And yeah. then, like you said, it can continue or, you know, life is life. It just, you know, and maybe it opens up doors to lots of other things. And Hopefully. And, but right now it's a feeling, right? Yeah, and absolutely. So, so the waking up in the morning, how's that feeling? Yeah, much better, much better. Um, so I wasn't an overly big person going in having my surgery. So my... Um, highest weight was 110 kilos and I've lost almost 40 kilos so I wasn't you know one of the bigger people um but yeah definitely 
still life-changing. Like I see people on a lot of the um, gastric sleeve sites, um, you know, they've lost 70 and 80 kilos and you just think that's a whole person. That's, you know, that's amazing and good on them. Like it's quality of life as well because, you know, with obviously weight comes a lot of health issues as well. Like I had sleep apnea. I didn't even realise. But my son would always wake me up and go, mummy's snoring or things like that. And yeah, so I actually had sleep apnea, which I don't have anymore just from purely losing weight. So, you know, it's things like that. You know, you have to, especially if you've got kids, you need to look after yourself and, and, that's amazing. I mean, it yeah. is it is inspirational, and I think a lot of people could look at themselves and think, okay, am I – I don't know if it's about being the best version of yourself, but I think it's about um, trying to live a full life regardless. Yeah. Maybe not missing out on things. Like if you're – I could, yeah, I can definitely understand people – but life gets in the way, of course. Yeah. Um, and it prevents you from, yeah, like probably enjoying the, the everyday. And so – Absolutely. What I was curious about was the um, maybe the upfront. It would have been pretty, a pretty big decision to make because we're talking about surgery. Is it a medical opinion? Like someone had to get involved to say, um, we advise, we give you the green light to do this, or is it more of an elective thing? Um, like so cosmetically. Yes and no. Um, so in Australia, you have to go through a doctor and get a doctor's referral to have the surgery done. Um. So with my experience, I had to get myself in a health fund because the health health fund covers, I think it's like 90% or something like that. So at the end of the day, I was only out of pocket $1,500 and the surgery was $25,000. So it is quite pricey. I know there's other ways around it. You can, I know other people that have um, used their super to um, do it so they don't have to wait the 12 months. Um but I think now the Medicare have sort of stated that your BMI has to be a certain, I think it's like 40, your BMI has to be 40 before they'll accept you as a candidate. Um, and I think if your BMI isn't 40, I think you have to have like medical issues like maybe diabetes and stuff like that. So, you know, things that will obviously impact your health if you don't have weight loss surgery so things like that but um yeah so it's definitely a huge cost and it's a huge decision um I found the recovery really quite easy um and all they do is remove um a part of your stomach and staple it and it's through keyhole surgery so I've got four little scars across my stomach um and yeah, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't know. It's almost like um, the technology is to the point now where it's maybe safer, less invasive. Absolutely. Recovery times. Yeah. Easier. Yep. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's uh, we're still talking about um, other, you know, hol- like holistically there's probably a, other things to consider. Absolutely. Um, but I, I, I can, I can relate to appetite and it's one of those things and yeah. maybe there's, uh, lifestyle factors other things like stress can get people absolutely um, and uh but with the appetite side of things so it literally if i understand the stomach is is um smaller technically yep so does that mean naturally the appetite is less absolutely so 
when I first had it done, so there's a there's a period of time where you have to be on liquids after your surgery, obviously, immediately after. Um, I believe it's for two weeks and then puree for two weeks and then soft food and so on. Um, there, are, there are, like with anything, there's side effects. Um, mine was I lost a lot of hair. So a lot of the um, – so my doctor said, you know, make sure that – whatever you're having is quality food, like don't have bread. I mean, a lot of people can't eat bread, but don't have things that aren't going to be nutritious for you. So um, protein, like make sure you're having high protein foods because protein's the thing that will stop your hair falling out. And I was doing all that, but um, yeah, it was just, just a side effect of the surgery and apparently it does come back eventually. So yeah, I'm t two years post-op, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, my hair's definitely not, as thick as it was, but well, I mean, that's definitely something I'm happy to, I've got extensions in, so oh, interesting. <laughs> um, I'm happy. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that, that's interesting. Well, yeah, again, that's, it, it's good to know the, the full picture and um, yeah. I get it. We're not heading down the path of advice or anything like that no. medically, but it's, it's, it's your personal experience. Absolutely. Um, and I think it takes a bit of the mystery out of, out of it for some people around. Yeah. You, you can yeah. hear, you can hear stories maybe 10 years ago, people had it done and Maybe it was a it's definitely not, yeah. different experience. Yeah, and like you said, the technology has changed so much. You know, um, a lot, you know, some people have good and bad experiences. I know before I had my surgery, I followed this one girl. I think she was in America, and she never got past her puree phase, so she could never go on to solids, and she had a feeding tube, and she was just skin and bone, and she was having a lot of medical issues. So you know, whenever you're making a decision like this, it's definitely something you need to get, you know, medical advice for. But in my experience, it was the best thing I've ever done. And going through each each stage, like from puree to soft foods, was definitely hard because you, you're scared because when you eat, it actually feels like it's up here, like in your chest. And you feel so full immediately that you have to remember, like, you have to set your times that you're making sure that you're eating regularly because you just forget. You just, you just don't have that feeling. And another thing that I found hard was dr like sipping instead of like guzzling a drink. I found that really hard. I was like, oh, that's right. I just have to sip it slowly. Like, you know, when you've, you're really exhausted and you just want to have a big drink and you, you can't do that. So I found that really um, interesting to get used to. It. And that was more of a mental thing for me. And um, when you're on your sort of puree phase and your, your liquid phase, I um, I had a friend that had gone through it a couple of years before and I said, all I want to do is eat something. Like I just want to chew something. And she's like, just have cruskets. It'll save your life. And I did. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> but I just wanted to chew something so badly. But yeah, well, saved my life. <laughs> look, I mean, yeah, you fully embraced you know, what's involved, obviously, um, you went ahead with it and then you've, you've kept on the plan and, and, and it sounds like it's, um, been super positive. So like, uh, I was just curious about, um, the educational side of things. Do you find yourself like living and just knowing a lot about it? Like, do you, do you get into like, oh, that's because of, you know, do you know more about your body because of this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it changed a lot of things. Um, especially with women, it changes, things um in the menstrual cycle as well I won't go into that too much but 
Um, it's definitely different for women um, on that side of things. But, yeah, just you, you start to know your body a little bit better and, and your limits, like with eating. Like I would always put more on my plate than I needed and you'd sit there and look at it and think, oh, you know, I don't want to leave that on my plate. And that's something you just have to mentally get past. Like you're going to waste food, but it's for the better, you know, it's for the greater good of yourself. <laughs> so, you know, just, just let it go. Yeah. That's hard to get your head around too. Yep. Wonderful. Um, and then, so with this, you, you, um, it sounds like you're open to this other people, I guess, learning from this experience and even Absolutely. you mentioned in, in the family, someone else is uh, looking at this procedure. Is that right? Yeah. So my mum's having it today. <laughs> So literally today. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, she's actually going to be a kidney donor for my father. So, um, she needs to be at her optimum weight for her size. So she, yeah. So crazy, crazy. So yeah, she's donating her kidney to my dad. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's why she's having it. <clears throat> so, so there's lots of, um, things that are connected there. Absolutely. She would have supported you. Did she support you in Absolutely. your in your early decision? Yeah, yeah, yep. she was all on board. <clears throat> and then, uh, and what's the timeline? Is that is that in, in the immediate? I imagine she needs to recover and do that for a period of a couple of years as well. Yep, yep. So I think, I think she has to um, wait a year before she can do anything, um, like with the kidney transplant and stuff. And um, I don't know if any of the listeners know but um having a kid so when you're a, a recipient for a kidney they don't actually remove the bad kidneys they just add the donor kidney to your body so it's actually I've heard and that's what my mum's been told that um the donor is actually the one that has a harder time recovering from a kidney transplant because they're actually having an organ removed, whereas the recipient is just having one added. So that's yeah, I'm definitely gonna look into that yeah. more. I, I'm I hadn't heard of that specifically. Yeah. Um, and it's funny that you think that that would be you hear quite, about quite simple. Yeah. Well, you hear about kidney you know, organ transplants and you sort of think you understand. Yeah. But the idea of of course if you're having it removed, there's a recovery that would yeah. be severe and. It's a significant thing. Yeah, your body would go into shock, I I would imagine. Mm. Um, So, yeah, it's definitely been um, stressful for me, you know, both my parents having major surgeries. Yeah, it's mind-blowing at times. I just, yeah. So um, even if my mum and dad aren't matches or my mum's not a match for my dad, there's a donor registry so she can donate her kidney and then the match for my dad will you know, come from somebody else and stuff like that. So there's, you know, again, technology and, um, you know, medical science has just come so far. So I thought that, you know, if my mum wasn't a match for my dad, that, you know, that's it. There's no other options, but there's so many options out there. So I just want to make sure I got that. You mentioned that is is it a direct, direct donation or it's it's not a direct donation. So, yeah. So my mum, um, apparently isn't a match I think they're still going through um tissue typing at the moment but yeah so she won't be a direct match but there's like a donor bank or donor registry and my mum will go on the donor registry and when one comes up that matches my dad that's when she'll go in and 
it's like a swap almost. Wow. Okay. So it's not doing it just to support, to be supportive in general. It's like you almost have to have it. It's like a, an exchange. It is. Yeah. Yeah. So otherwise, wow, if, if mum didn't want to do it, there's other, there's other avenues as well. Like sometimes, you know, people might not have family or um, anybody that's willing to donate a kidney. So, you know, there's other, there's other ways around it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, definitely everyone. I'm wishing everyone to get through that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, I guess it's one of those things if you can just be mentally. Yeah. Mentally yeah, for it. tough. <laughs> and yeah, and get that support. And, you know, so. I think the best thing for my mom is just to be as fit as possible. And, you know, she's, she's taken the steps to do that, which is fantastic. So. Well, good on her. It'll be great for her. Jeez, so. there's a story there, isn't there? I know, I know. <laughs> well, um, yeah, you're doing us a favor here and letting us uh, in on all that. So, yeah. I mean, there's lots in there. It's like how, how the, the healthcare system, it's like, yeah. uh, how does it all work? And um, But yeah, let, let's... Um, we can t- we can talk about that another time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, look, I think that the procedures is, is one of those things in life. I think other people may have... There's lots of things people can consider. Um, you know, they're trying to quit smoking. Is there like an extreme yeah. treatment for that? Um you know, um, even things like mental health and depression and stuff. I think people sometimes go pretty hard on the medication yeah. and they, and they stick that and they actually maybe ride that out and ongoing, they have that kind of a, uh, treatment that helps them live a good life. Yeah. Um, with something like this, because it's, it is definitely health related, but there's a cosmetic piece to it. Yeah. Um, did you, do you find other people are considering options outside of Australia for this? Like I hear about, you know, the, uh, what do you call it? Medical tourism. Yes. Thailand's a destination. Absolutely. Um, just, just curious about your knowledge on that. Is it, did it ever come into yeah, the picture? Yeah, I definitely, um, looked into it cause obviously that was pre COVID. Um, I definitely looked into it, but what worried me the most was it's, it's relatively simple, like a simple procedure. Um, and I did do my research with my surgeon and everything like that. And I did, I got a fantastic surgeon on the Gold Coast and, um, I just worried about, you know, the aftercare, like my, my surgeon was always just an email away and he would check on me religiously. Um, and I worried about the aftercare, you know, never being overseas before. How would I recover? I didn't come out of anesthetic very well. Um, it took me a bit longer to come out and I was quite sick. So that was another factor that I didn't know because this was my first surgery coming out of surgery. I didn't know you know, what that would be like. And I didn't know if I could go with somebody or, you know, if my mum was going to have the kids for me, would I have to go alone? So that wasn't really an option for me, even though it might've been cheaper. If there was any issues after the surgery, I wasn't covered here in Australia. So I think I was always going to go down the private health cover um, route and make sure that I, you know, I had the right care and, and things like that. You just you just don't know with things like that what's going to go wrong. So I didn't want to risk any of that, you know, especially having children and being on my own. So for sure, yeah, yeah. I can't I can't imagine you'd ever would have considered that. I just, I just wanted to put that out in terms of sometimes people look at more, uh, perhaps not something as invasive or um, with the recovery time, but you know, you get your um, more of the cosmetic procedures. Yeah, those can even in yeah. Europe. I think it's quite common. People will go to. Mexico. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Or different, yeah different. And there's definitely places I've inquired about, about, um, you know, obviously when I get to my goal weight, um, you know, different things I want to do, obviously with COVID, it's not possible at the moment, but there's definitely, um, companies that I've 
you know, spoken to and yeah, like they're, they're like with, um, breast surgery and stuff like that and tummy tucks, their, um, quality and, uh, what's the word, what would the word be? Um, standards, I guess, are really high and they do so many that, uh, yeah, I would, I would happily go over there. It's just obviously, yeah, you'd want to have a great support person and stuff like that, you know, going over and making sure that you're all okay and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a really um, balanced picture that you're, that you're painting. I think people can consider, look, if it's going to help you. um, Yeah. Don't, don't, obviously there's status quo and people can talk you out of it. Yes. Based on what they think they know. Yeah. Um, Do you think it's a, a slippery slope with the cosmetic side of things? Like if someone's gone through a, transformation is there a point where you just you're like all right we did it we could celebrate or <laughs> is there always is there some some kind of mental lingering not necessarily yourself but yeah maybe I, other people that you see I completely understand how people could get obsessed with surgeries and tweaking things I'm you know coming from a makeup artist background I can like I'm always looking at myself and going oh yeah I could do that or I could do this or you know and it's things that I probably don't necessarily need to do and without mentioning it you know people would probably say oh really like you know I've mentioned these things to my mom she's like don't you dare but um things that aren't necessary but you just think oh I could do that I could do that but when do you draw the line and go okay enough's enough um yeah so I I don't know I I I think I would be one of those people that could just keep going but yeah there's there's got to be a line and you know you got to have a reality check which is my children and you got to think okay what are my kids going to think if I'm having all this done and it's showing them that I'm not happy with myself? Is that going to then show them that, you know, maybe they need to change things about themselves when I don't want them to think like that? So, yeah, that's that's the, yeah, it's de- it definitely a slippery slope, I think. That's, I, I like that you brought, brought it back to the, I guess, the family unit and it's sort of like, you know, what what does your world consist of? You know, sometimes yeah. it's... If it's the the selfie shot and it's like, yeah, that's you know it's good to have uh, a good sense of self. I think, but yes. then like of course the family and um, uh, just the overall purpose and yeah, that's right. It can all fit in, but um, yeah. oh, well. So that being said, you've got a good story going. Um, <laughs> is there anything you want you're thinking of next for yourself, or like obviously there's a bit of. Um, I definitely have some goals this year. I definitely wanted to um, look into a bit of cosmetic surgery, just to sort of finish off you know my goal and everything like that um so yeah I've definitely um enjoyed getting back into the gym and stuff like that it's definitely almost an obsession now because you see the results so much quicker now that I've lost the weight um yeah so hopefully next time we sit down and chat (laughs) I'll look a little bit different (laughs) Well, that'll yeah. be interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's just a moment in time, right? Yeah, And, and people right. can go through transformations. That's right. Um, do you feel like you could lend your hand with a, a bit of, I don't know, just coaching people through things? Yeah, is absolutely. That, is that part I mean, of your I'm world? I'm not a professional, but I'm happy to, you know, touch on my, my experience with everything that I've been through and, you know, um, not being able to exercise for a long period of time, you know, before my surgery and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to answer questions and help anybody that needs a bit of guidance. Oh, yeah. Wow. I guess that's one of the origins for this podcast was to, I guess, help people celebrate that they've got, they've had some experiences and they don't need to be, you know, um, 
you know, anything super traditional in terms of an achievement. It's more about you've just done some things. Yeah. You may be familiar with well, maybe a life hack here or there. Yeah. And, uh, and people can, you can really help people with that. Yeah. And so, you know, if it's the COVID thing and everyone's trying to reinvent their, their daily life, yeah. um, it's just that sense of maybe circle back and look at maybe the, um, what you like doing <laughs> and then what could benefit others. Yeah. And maybe absolutely. a mix of that. And yeah. then, Maybe start a YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody would listen. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, it's more about connecting. Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, I think I'd we, be happy to. We can find ways for people to sort of jump on. And um, so, you know, people can be listening to this in their car on their way to work. Um, just, just trying to keep the topic uh, going. So we've sort yeah. of covered. Um, a lot. Have, what have we covered? We did, we didn't, Everything. <laughs> we covered off on, you know, just obviously meeting you. Which, yes. Which has been good. Um, have we missed anything? I think we've covered everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I noticed is you're pretty active on uh, on Instagram and, and you're familiar with that. Is that a tool that you use like just as a bit of fun? Or? It is. I, I really enjoy um, sort of, I mean, I've always been really interested in beauty and makeup. So I do love taking selfies. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's that's sort of my way of sort of showing that and um, – yeah, and I, I guess I'm proud of myself with how far I've come with my weight loss. So that's another aspect where I take a photo. I'm like, yeah, that's that's Instagram worthy. <laughs> so That's beautiful. Uh, to me, that feels like you're almost celebrating every day. Normally, we like to get a sense of, you know, is there, what, you know when's the last time you celebrated something? Or yeah. What, um, have you celebrated anything recently? Like, No, I haven't. No, I just, yeah, no, I haven't celebrated anything recently. But I think, yeah, every day you've got to, you know, don't sort of look at the big goal like oh, I've lost ten kilos. Just be like, yeah, this this dress looks good on me, or I feel nice today. You know, just celebrate that. I think that's important. That's brilliant. Um, maybe can we mention your Instagram if people yeah, want to absolutely. just jump on and have a look and keep yeah. in touch? Um, maybe spell that out for us. Uh, so it's just um, at Ashley Flyergun A S H L E Y F L I E R G U N. Ashley Flyer Gun, and we'll make sure to include those links for everyone to uh, to click through. And yeah, obviously you're local, and yeah. now you're familiar with our little setup. Yeah, it's um, awesome. Thanks for having me. And we appreciate it. it. Might get you back to chat about pet ownership. Yeah, and, <laughs> absolutely. Let's and go. home home renovations. <laughs> yeah, that's on the <laughs> absolutely. list. Absolutely. So, um, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, that's the Aussie Ambitions podcast with Ashley. And uh, yeah, thank you again for your time. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Aussie Ambitions podcast. We appreciate your support and welcome your input. So if there is a topic that you would like to see covered, please let us know via our website, aussieambitions.com or any of our social media accounts. And please subscribe to receive all of our updates. We hope that you picked up some helpful tips helping you to get to where you want to go. And if you've got a story to tell and are able to come for a visit, definitely get in touch.